Thank you, team, for, for leading us this morning. Uh, what, a, what a precious name of Jesus, the, the renown of our Lord and all that, that he has done. Well, as I mentioned, we just rolled into town from England, and I don't know if you've experienced uh, the jet lag before, or maybe if you haven't traveled, maybe you've been at, uh, at a bad slumber party or something where you just, you know, you just feel like a zombie, half alive, and so I felt that way uh, a little bit the last uh, couple of days. Um, not fully alive. And so, but, but there's moments when we really do feel, uh, we do really do feel really alive. You know, all our senses are heightened, and maybe it's, um, maybe it's exhilaration, or maybe we feel especially loved, or some just exciting moment when you feel really alive. And I'd like you just to think about one of those times that you felt fully alive, a moment in your life, and uh, if you're brave enough to tell that uh, to somebody uh, near you, I'll give you a minute to do that. Tell about a time when you felt fully alive. It's okay to talk out loud. Wow, it's like this low murmur talking about the most thrilling moments in your life. So this is going to be a, a tough crowd. Uh, so you don't have to tell the story. Don't, uh, don't tell on anybody uh, next to you. But did anyone hear a really uh, wild, a really good uh, feeling alive story? Nobody. You're just getting warmed up. Okay, maybe we'll, re- we'll return to that later. Well, I've, I've had a few um, moments in my life where I just uh, feel really alive. Uh, in some different ways. Uh, and one is, I may have told you before about growing up as a kid, we'd often go to uh, Lake Powell, um, and uh, the the geography there is lots of sheer cliffs, and it's really fun to jump off of them. So uh, so in high school, um, you know, as you get older, teens, you just jump higher and higher. And, and I remember jumping off this particularly high cliff, and uh, when I land in the water, I won't tell the long story about how long it took me to actually jump, but when finally land in the water, it come up and, and it's like I'm almost choking on water because it's like this giddy laughter of just the excitement of the moment. It's like, wow, this is just incredible. And then, um, and then it's not quite enough, and you've got to go just a little higher. And then you go a little bit higher, and then the next we, we keep nudging each other, hey, let's do this, uh, let's do this at night in the dark. And you just keep pushing it until it comes to a point where, well, this isn't fun anymore. It, it hurts. Uh, my back. Uh, you know, what, all kinds of things could go wrong, and it's not uh, fun anymore. Well, there's other kinds of times when uh, I felt really fully alive, and that's at the birth of all of our kids. Uh, one of my kids is here today. He's grown up a lot since then. And it's so exciting, you know, it's like, I can't believe I'm, I'm a father. And then uh, as time goes on, and the diapers, and the waking up at night, and it's like, hey, it's your turn. And, uh, and it's not quite as fun anymore, although we've had a lot of fun times since then. Well, here's, here's this basic problem, is that we experience these moments of feeling really alive, fully alive, but in the end, they tend to be fleeting. Uh, it comes a time when that's not 
it's not fun anymore, or uh, reality sinks in. Uh, some of you, if you're anywhere near my age, know the poet uh, John Mellencamp. In his little ditty about Jack and Diane, he says that life goes on long after what? Long after the thrill of living is gone. That's what he said. And uh, it's sometimes that's true. We experience these moments of feeling really alive, but they tend to be fleeting. And sometimes those who seem like they are experiencing life uh, the most, we might say, uh, it's revealed that even they um, have an emptiness. We see celebrities that seem like they have, you know, the, the world at their fingertips, and yet they, they battle depression, or um, they just reveal openly that there's the emptiness inside. And sometimes that sense of, of this pursuit of life to the fullest, it takes us down really destructive paths. The seek of the search for the buzz or the thrill or an illicit relationship, or something, but it always becomes less and less satisfying. The law of diminishing returns. And so it leads us to this place where a couple of things can happen. And one is we just go on this futile pursuit of, of the next thing. Well, maybe this will do it. Um, maybe now I'll really feel uh, life. You know, Maybe it's that, that next uh, accomplishment, or that next relationship, or that next... Um, you know, achievement, or, or that next buzz, or that next uh, whatever it might be, the next grandchild, I don't know, whatever it is for you. But it's always uh, not quite enough. Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Well, there's this other thing that could happen is we just settle for a mediocre existence. <laughs> life, real life doesn't even exist, and we just kind of you know, hunker down and go through it. So these two ways we deal with this is life is just out of reach and we keep trying or real life doesn't really exist and we give up. But from the Bible, there's really great news for us. And that's this. And this is our key thought for the day is that you were designed to be fully alive. It's what we're made for. It is, it is possible. And uh, one of the biblical writers, uh, John, uh, in, in his gospel, he talks all about this very thing of having, as I live, you also will live. That, that's what we just sang about. Let, let that sink in, that death does not end the eternal kind of living. So eternal life is being fully alive in this life and in the next. And John tasted this kind of life, he experienced it, he was with Jesus, and he just can't wait to tell the world about it. So how do you get this kind of life? How do you experience the reality of being fully alive? And uh, John has a lot to say about that because Jesus had a lot to say about that. And one place is in chapter 7 of John. Toward, toward the end, verses 37 and 38, says this, on the last day of the feast, the, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cries out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If anyone thirsts, you know, if anyone longs to be fully alive, something is missing. You pursue that thing and then it's empty the next day. If you long for real living water, 
then do what? He says, come to me. And so how we uh, experience, how we receive uh, this eternal life, it's found by fully embracing Jesus. And that's, that's the story of, of the Gospels. The, the answer is actually in Jesus himself. So how, how do you come to Jesus? He says that's even slightly cryptic itself. It says, uh, whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If you want to experience that kind of life where, um, where you know, eternal life is just bubbling out of you, then come to Jesus by believing in him. We access eternal life by believing, trusting in Jesus. This famous conversation, um, another one in John's Gospel between Nicodemus and Jesus. Nick at night, he comes to him at night. And uh, you can tell different generations of people. In, the comments. Uh, in John 3, verses 15 and 16, Jesus says, uh, whoever believes in him, and Jesus has this way of talking about himself in, in third person. Don't let that throw you. But uh, whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Yeah. So by believing in Jesus, believing that he is from God, that he is God, that he died, that he rose again, to embrace Jesus is to believe him. To embrace Jesus is, is to trust him with your life. We tend to trust a lot of things, but embracing Jesus is trusting him. Embracing Jesus is is to love him, <laughs> to draw close to him in, in love. Um, Jesus talks about this in chapter 14 of John. Uh, to embrace Jesus is to abide in him, chapter 15 of John. Uh, abide's a word we don't use a whole lot, but the sense is to draw close to Jesus in a dependent kind of relationship. So believe in him, trust him, love him, abide in him. Well, here is the problem that I find uh, in my life, and I see it all over the place, is that we want to trust and love and depend on and believe in ourselves. <laughs> and the, these things are, are opposed to each other. He's like, true life, fully living, being fully alive, eternal life comes from believing, trusting, loving Jesus. And we want to turn back on ourselves. And and this happens in uh, two very different ways, but the result is, uh, I think, the same. And uh, John talks about both of them. And one is that we try to find life by breaking the rules. We look at God's Word, or maybe we heard it growing up, or maybe our, our grandma told us about it, or whatever it might be. We hear the rules of God, and we, and we think, no, um, I think life is in breaking those rules. I'm going to find it by doing the things exactly the opposite of, uh, you know, of the restrictions I see in this book. And by that we say, I am my own master. Life is found in my own rules. I am the boss. I am the king of my world. And this happens because we might think that Jesus came to keep us from really living. Uh, Jesus says, no 
uh, actually, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. <laughs> That's the whole reason I came is so you could have really have life. I didn't come to mess up your life, to steal life, to constrict life. I came to give it abundantly. And so uh, that goes right in the face of those who think that finding life is by breaking the rules. But there's another category that is maybe a little insidious, and that's those who try to find life by keeping the rules. <laughs> when we try to find real life by just keeping the rules, it's saying, not I'm my own master, but I'm my own savior. If I follow this, you know, I check off all the boxes, I be a good little boy or girl, then, uh, then I'm going to somehow be you know, good enough for God as if we could save ourselves. Another conversation of, of Jesus, he confronts people who were the experts at rule following, and he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. You know, you're reading all the Bible because you think, you know, you can figure it out and follow all these rules and then you'll have life. And he says, and it is they, all these things in the Bible, is they that bear witness about me yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So you follow all the rules, you try to be a good person, you do all these things. He's like, but that's not what the Bible was written for. The Bible was written to introduce you to the Savior. Because I'm not a Savior, you're not a Savior, Jesus is the Savior. So the Bible's not a list of rules to help us save ourselves it is an introduction, an invitation to come follow the Savior. So the Bible it introduces us to the fountain, the source of life, of living water. So I mentioned that we just got back from uh, England. And England has a lot of things. One of those is rain. And another is uh, museums. And a lot of them are free, and they are world-class, amazing museums. And I saw a bunch of them, so I don't even know which museum or even which city I saw this exhibit. Um, well, we just went to two. But, um, but there was uh, an exhibit on the search for the source of the Nile. And some of you are probably more familiar with the story than, than I am. But people had been searching for the source of the Nile for a long time, like, like centuries. And uh, in the mid-1800s, John Henning Speak and Richard Francis Burton, uh, they were out on this expedition to find the source of the Nile. Uh, They came to, finally, uh, Lake Victoria. And uh, John Speak, he thought that this is the source of the Nile. His partner in this expedition said, uh, I don't think so, you know, there's... Maybe it's, uh, this is, don't, let's not be hasty. Maybe there's, there's uh, lots of different sources, tributaries that run in and feed the Nile. And they had this huge public uh, falling out that was a really big deal. They made a weird movie about it. Um, anyway, it was not that long later, maybe 20 years later, that uh, another explorer, Henry Stanley, uh, he came and he made it all the way around Lake Victoria and he confirmed what John thought. That sure enough, uh, Lake Victoria is the source of the Nile. So it turns out uh, John was right. John Speak was right. And it turns out John, uh, the disciple, was right, is that there's one source of living water. (laughs) 
And we have this tendency, especially in our uh, current cultural climate, to think, well, maybe there's all kinds of tributaries that sort of run into this, and maybe, you know, maybe the source is, you know, it's, it's here and there and kind of combined, or you choose wherever. And John says, no, um, I, I saw it firsthand that Jesus is the source of living water. And throughout history, millions and millions of people have... Uh, have embraced this truth and found and experienced eternal life. Um, partly why I'm making a big deal about the right now aspect of eternal life is because they can give testimony of it. You, you don't uh, get testimony of somebody after they've died, well, except for Jesus, that is a notable exception, um, to say, oh, so how did that work? Uh, you know, did that actually, you know, did your ticket to heaven actually, you know, pan out? No, because uh, we know that uh, we have millions of people who have experienced the fully living uh, in this life. And that gave them a hope and a confidence of the kind of life that goes on after death. So eternal life is found by fully embracing Jesus. And in just the few minutes we have left, I want to consider what that means for us. And, and I think it kind of depends because we're in different places. Um, but our desire as a church and my desire as a pastor is it's really to help everybody uh, experience that being fully alive because of Jesus. That's, that's my heart's desire. And that's, what, you know, that's basically why we exist as a church is to help people um, come in contact with Jesus and experience that kind of life. And we want to do uh, everything we can to help with that. Uh, there's different things we could do. We could sit down with you and just kind of look at the Bible together and, and point to places that sort of explain these things. We'd be so happy to do that. I've, we could do it over coffee even. So we could look at the Bible together. Uh, we could share our own stories. There's a bunch of people in this room who say, yeah, I've, I've experienced really living and I'd just love to tell you what that's like. We could share our stories. Something really simple and profound that we could do for, for you and for each other is just to pray for your journey, to uh, invite God into this conversation, so to speak, to go before him and to pray for each other um, uh, about our, our finding, experiencing, and living in this, uh, this real life. So I, I want to just invite you to... Um, to do something for me, you know, you're certainly not obligated to, but uh, throughout the chairs in front of you, which we like to call pews, long chairs, I guess, uh, there's these cards, they say connect on them, some of them look like this, some are short and fat, but they're the same thing, um, you just grab one of those, we printed a bunch, so feel free to take one, I think there's some pins scattered around also, and, and I want to say something to a few kinds of people, I'm, I'm going to lump us into three groups this morning. So one kind of person is those who have found the source of living water but are drinking from broken cisterns. I, I just imagine there's uh, a bunch of people in here or some people in here that that is the story of their life right now. Um, at some point in time, you identified as a Christ follower. Uh, you, you prayed a prayer, you signed on, you, you believed, you became part of a church family, and yet, uh, and yet your current experiences, you've been looking for life 
in places that uh, leave you empty. Uh, what Jeremiah called broken cisterns. You fill this up and you come back the next day and, oh, sure enough, it's dry again. And if that is your experience, the challenge I have for you is to, uh, in Jesus' words at the end of John, is to abide. To draw, again, close to Jesus in a dependent kind of relationship. Go back and do the things that foster that closeness that you once had. Um, re-engage in the habits of a conversation with God in prayer. Uh, make that a priority in your life again. Um, dig a deep, delve into God's Word, the Bible, that's, that's right there for us. Um, come, come back and be part of, of church. Make that a habit in your, in your life of, of worship. Um, at First Baptist, we like to lump those things together and call that thriving with Jesus, um, just having a, a flourishing, vibrant relationship uh, with God. And so if that kind of describes where you are right now, uh, I invite you just on that card to, to jot down a way that, that uh, we could pray for you. Maybe you write something like, um, I, I realize I've been looking for life in blank. Please pray for my journey back to um, being close with Jesus, or how, however you want to express that. I, I'd just love to, to pray for you in that way. Uh, I imagine also in a room this size, there might be some that just, I've never, never felt like you have discovered the source of eternal life. You haven't found the fountain yet. Where, where is that? I've looked some other places. I don't see it. You have, until this moment, you've never really been convinced that Jesus is the source of life. And I invite you, the challenge is trust him. <laughs> Believe in him. Come to Jesus. That's in his words. Turn from all the other things you're counting on to give you life and trust Jesus as God's source of eternal life. If that describes you or, or maybe you're not quite there but you're just pondering that and you'd like us to pray for you, just write something to that effect on this card. Maybe say, today for the first time, I, I have a, I'm trusting Jesus with my life. Or maybe you're... Maybe you'd like to write something like, uh, I'm still searching, pray for me. Well, there's a third group of us here that, um, that are drinking from that fountain. <laughs> you, you've experienced it. You know what I'm talking about. You're like This is something that gets better and better. It doesn't diminish. It's, it's wonderful. And my challenge is, uh, tell somebody. <laughs> Don't hide that, eat that whole uh, affogato by yourself. Uh, tell the world that there's something wonderful. What much more wonderful than espresso and gelato is the life that comes from God. The challenge is to share it. And maybe, maybe on that uh, card you want to write something like, hey, pray for me as, as there's people in my family I need to talk about Jesus with or pray for me um, as, I, as I talk with my neighbors or whatever it might be. We'd love to just be part of your journey in that as well. Um, you might be wondering what we're going to do with all those cards. Um, here's how you get them to me, is in just uh, a few moments we are going to, uh, what we call here is take the offering. And we, uh, the ushers in just a moment are going to come forward with plates, and uh, this is where we receive the offerings for our church. And, and primarily, um, this time of the service is an act of worship. It, it's, it's a spiritual habit that we uh, just generously give back to God. Uh, it's also the way that we support this ministry and the, um, 
and the extended ministry of our, of our missions, etc. Uh, that's why we take this offering. Um, but if you are visiting here, this isn't your church family, uh, we have no expectation that you would put anything in the plate. That's kind of for the family here. Um, except you put that card in the plate. And uh, so you won't feel left out when that plate comes by. You could be putting that card in. So uh, if you're, just as a side, if it's your first time here, uh, we, always, uh, we, have, uh, we have gifts for first-time visitors at the welcome table in the back. So uh, you just hold on to your card and just bring it straight to the welcome table at the end. Ultimately, it'll end up in the same place, um, my desk, within a couple of days. And uh, we'll pray for you. But uh, so that's what's going to happen in a minute. In fact, uh, I'd like to just invite the ushers to go ahead and come down and prepare for that. Uh, but I'd like to mention, there might be some of you here today that, that uh, with this sense of urgency that I could use prayer right now. <laughs> maybe in these spiritual areas we've talked about, maybe in some other area of your life, you'd just like to bring that before the Lord and have somebody pray with you. Um, we'll have uh, some people right after this closing song that will just be down in the front ready to pray with you if, there's, if you have some need. Um, and so... At the end of this song, I just invite you, if you'd like to, uh, prayer, uh, just come on to the front at the end of this song, and we'd be happy uh, to pray for you. Um, oh, some of you are so nervous right now because I haven't given you the last blank to fill in. Um, here's how we might summarize all the, these challenges I've given is, is this. It's time to start really living. Let's not just kind of get by spiritually or limp along, but let's, let's start experiencing uh, the life, the abundant life that's offered through Jesus. Uh, let, me, let me pray for us as we end here. Lord God, thank you. Um, thank you for offering us the life that, that just naturally comes out of you <laughs> and uh, that we desperately need. Um, we, we need that life right now to deal with the things before us, and we need that uh, reassurance of, of life in, uh, after death as well. Life into eternity that just wells up and grows and flows and, uh, and is from you. Uh, we need that so bad, and that's why we're so thankful that you have offered. And not only have you offered, but you have done the greatest thing possible to, um, to make it possible, and that is uh, giving your life for our sakes. We're so thankful for the cross. We're so thankful for the empty tomb. And we're just so thankful for your great love for us. And God, I pray that if there's any people in this room this morning that are just, you're kind of tugging on their hearts and they're contemplating these spiritual things, I pray that they would just be compelled to take the next step toward you. They do business uh, with you, so to speak, spiritually. I pray that there might be some today that would discover real life maybe for the first time. And maybe others who've been uh, trying to find life in broken cisterns, they would come back to the real source and, and cling to you. And, uh, and Lord, for all of us, when we find a good thing, uh, prompt us to tell somebody else. And so, Lord, we uh, come to you grateful and, and excited and humbled, and uh, we just love you.